Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Wrap, brought to you by Michigan Medicine Headlines. I'm Dan Elman with the Department of Communication. And I'm Dan's co-host for the day, Maggie Callahan. On today's show, we're going to talk about mid-year reviews and why they are so important here at Michigan Medicine. Now, before we get into that, be sure you go back and review any episode of The Wrap you may have missed. You can find the shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other podcast hosting platform. New episodes debut weekly and can be found on the Michigan Medicine YouTube channel and as part of the headlines Week in Review. With that, let's bring in Sarah Button and Brian Cole. First, can the two of you introduce yourselves, please, and the roles that you play here at Michigan Medicine? Sure. Thank you, Maggie. My name is Brian Cole. I'm the Director of Operations for Organizational Learning and get the distinct pleasure of being able to uh, be responsible for evaluations on the Michigan Medicine side. And I am Sarah Button. I'm a project manager with organizational learning and uh, also have the pleasure of working in this space around performance management. Well, we're happy to have both of you here. Brian, I know it's about your 2000th time on the podcast. Sarah, it's your first time. So we're both happy to have you on the show today. So let's get started with this. When is the best time of year to conduct mid-year reviews? Yeah, so ideally we suggest people make time for mid-year reviews at the end of the second quarter. So that would have been December or the beginning of the third quarter here in January. Um, so we're you know near the end of January, we're just over a month into the third quarter. So right now would be ideal for conducting your mid-year reviews. So quarterly reviews are even better if you can do that. I'm sure a lot of folks listening want to know what's in it for them. So why do I need to do mid-year reviews? Yeah, great question, Maggie. So for me, mid-year reviews are a great way for me to check in with my staff, uh, to formally put something on the calendars and to check in. Uh, it's a time for me to share positive feedback on things that they've accomplished for the first half of the year. Uh, it's also a good time to address any roadblocks, uh, as we all know, our environment changes uh, more rapidly today than it ever has in the past. So it gives us a time to check in, make any adjustments on goals. Uh, and it's really just a, a nice pulse check, uh, an opportunity to exchange ideas and recalibrate. Um, I found that when I do mid-year reviews, not only do my staff tell me that they have more clear direction and an opportunity to adjust, but they're also a lot more efficient and effective in what they do. And in the end, that leads to more engaged, happy employees that are actually getting more done uh, and doing less rework. All right. So we know why to do mid-year re reviews. So now the question is how, and maybe both of you can chime in on this one. What are some of the best practices that you've experienced that you would recommend for conducting such reviews? For me, I think number one is to communicate the process and the expectations and, and really to do that as early as possible. Uh, if folks haven't conducted mid-year reviews yet, um, it may be good just to send a note to staff saying that they're coming up and that this is an opportunity to check in. I love using the exploration questions that are available. Uh, an easy way to find those is to go into Google and just type in UMich exploration questions. And this connects me with questions that I like to send to my staff ahead of time. It says like, what should we celebrate? How are you progressing on your goals this far? And what adjustments do we need to make? Uh, what support do you need in order to be successful? And how might I best support you as your manager? Um, from the manager side, what I do then is I try to gather and review my materials. Uh, and I usually do this under the guidance of the manager's uh, mid-year quick guide. And again, you could find that uh, no surprise by going to Google, type in UMish, and then just type in manager mid-year quick guide or something similar, and it should pop up. Um, so 
Uh, I send my questions ahead of time to uh, my staff. I prepare myself using this quick guide, and then I just schedule and hold the meeting. Um, after I've done with all of my meetings, what I'll often do at the mid-year uh, point is I'll go back in and write down what rating I would have for each staff member at this point in the year. Uh, as I get to the end of the year, it's really nice to be able to look back and to see where staff were in the middle of the year versus the end of the year. So um, those are some things uh, that, that I've used in the past. I'm not sure, if, Sarah, maybe you have some uh, suggestions from your end. Sure. I think the, the only thing I would add to that is just as an employee, um, going back to your goals and, and looking at, you know, what are some things that are currently happening right now? Do I need help in a particular area? What are some road, roadblocks that I might be experiencing? So that way you can bring that up in that conversation um, and ask for any support that you might need. Great. So I know you just mentioned, Brian, some resources for managers in preparing for this. What other resources do we have available? for folks as they get ready to give these reviews? Yeah, my, my favorite um, resource, oh, sorry, Sarah, I think I jumped in on you a little bit here. Um, I'll share a, a quick thought and then be quiet. <laughs> so <laughs> my, my favorite resource is really uh, the Performance Evaluation Resources uh, webpage. And uh, folks by now might know that the easiest way to find that is to go to, go to Google. Google. Got yes. it. You See, got I'm a it, quick Daniel. learner. Yeah. <laughs> Type in UMICH and performance evaluation resources, and that should be the, the top resource. Uh, so just, just a thought for folks. So for managers, we have the manager's quick guide for effective mid-year reviews under the quick link section on the performance evaluation resources webpage. Um, you can also see it uh, under the performance management by quarter section if you look under quarter three. So a lot of the information that we're sharing in this conversation today is in that document, as well as a lot of helpful other links. Um, I'd also share that right now is a good time to also start thinking about 360 degree feedback. Um, so we have templates on the website as well as a step-by-step -step tutorial video, which Brian is in, um, to walk you through those. Um, and then my last plug would just be for uh, LinkedIn Learning through Cornerstone now through the LMS. So if you do a search for performance management, you'll find a lot of really great videos that can guide you through your planning and, and the process. So um, I really recommend watching Todd Dewitt's videos. He's really great around um, the topic of performance management. That's awesome and great advice. So there are so many resources. There are so many things for people to do around reviews, around valuations in general. But I know that a lot of a lot of the things that would dissuade people is time, right? We're always constrained for time at Michigan Medicine. Let's say, I mean, I'm not this important, but let's say I had 60 direct reports. Where do I find the time to use all these resources to make sure that we're taking advantage of reviews and using them well? What are some of your tips when it comes to that? You know, that, that's a great question, Daniel. And we hear really kind of two areas uh, within Michigan Medicine where folks have a lot of direct reports. Uh, one of them being on the clinical side, where there's managers or directors who have staff that kind of work in all different areas of the hospital and, and will take uh, sometimes their daily direction from, from leads in addition to the manager and the director. Uh, and then the second area where we see folks having a lot of direct reports uh, is in the space where maybe there's a manager for a help desk or a call center where they have a lot of direct reports that are doing uh, similar jobs. 
So uh, I'm not sure how much time we have on this podcast today. I know that I can speak for quite a long time, but uh, would you be okay, Daniel, if I just kind of uh, split this up into these two different areas and we talk about the clinical side and then also the other uh, condition as well? Let's do it. All right. Well, let's start with the clinical side. Uh, so this is an area that admittedly I haven't worked directly in, but I've gotten some great suggestions from uh, managers and directors in past years on how they've handled this. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, we're all very busy, and if you have 60 direct reports, uh, doing mid-year reviews uh, can be pretty time intensive. So really what people have shared with us is they look at how they conduct their business in a day-to-day -day fashion. So if they have a lot of staff that are taking direction from others as part of their daily work, they'll then ask those leads to use some of these exploration questions that we had talked about earlier and to actually meet with their staff. What the managers or the directors will do then is bring their leads together uh, after they've met with their individual staff and have them provide a little bit of a report out to the manager or the director. And that way the manager or the director doesn't have to do 60 separate meetings. Uh, they can connect with their leads and get some feedback that way. And it's a nice way to spread out uh, you know, some of the burden of doing mid-year reviews. So the second condition would be, uh, and this is a, a condition that I had uh, first coming into um, the University of Michigan on the Michigan medicine side, is leading a call center where I had 25 direct reports uh, reporting to me. There's other areas in the help desk that also address this. And really what we found in these spaces is that often performance is based on metrics, whether it's time to close a ticket or uh, customer satisfaction feedback. And in these cases, what we found that managers do, and, and I did the same thing, is to take a look at these performance metrics ahead of time as a manager and look at the data and look at the staff compared to average, find areas where uh, they're doing really well or areas where they may need some help. And then when the mid-year reviews are conducted, they kind of do a rinse repeat uh, type of cycle. They have the staff member come in, they look at the metrics, talk about areas where things are going well, uh, talk about areas where maybe there's some additional education that's needed and how that might happen. And then the next meeting uh, follows a very similar format. So they kind of do a rinse repeat uh, to go through all of the mid-year reviews in an efficient and effective way. So these are two areas where we've seen uh, where folks have a lot of direct reports uh, and things that they've tried. We're always interested in hearing what others have done. So if Anyone that's out there that's listening has a lot of direct reports and a great suggestion. You know, please reach out to us and let us know what you've done so that we can share it with others. I think that's really exciting. So great. So are mid-year reviews mandatory this year? And what about next year when the entire system moves online? Do you guys want to kind of preview that for us? Yes, great question, Maggie. So uh, this year we are in a manual process. We say we're on digital paper, even though we're filling things out in Microsoft Word. Uh, so media reviews are impossible to make mandatory. But what I'd like to do is to share why it's in people's best interest to conduct them and really why it's in the best interest of not only the manager, but also the, uh, the staff member as well. Um, when we were in front of live audiences pre-pandemic, I'd always ask our listeners to raise their hands if you've ever gotten to the end of uh, the year and your goals no longer make sense. Um, I know that I have, and I can see from all the head nods here, <laughs> other folks have, uh, have had that condition as well. Um, usually what we find is that that happens when folks have not taken time to connect throughout the year. So 
with our environment changing so quickly, it's in my best interest and both my staff's best, best interest to connect regularly. As Sarah had said earlier, uh, we tend to do quarterly check-ins or even uh, more frequent than that. But at a minimum, if you check in at the middle of the year, it gives you an opportunity to connect with staff, uh, to celebrate things that have gone well, to make any adjustments, and to really set up the staff member for success for the second half of the year. So while they're not mandatory this year, uh, it is best practice to do them. And I think managers will find that their staff are more engaged, they have more clear direction, and they're also setting themselves up for success next year when we move performance management online because it will be mandatory next year when we do that. All right, so let's talk about that. I, I know in November, Cornerstone uh, Learning launched, and that was a very exciting initiative. Uh, and, and so you just previewed that we're all moving online for valuations and things like that next year. Can you guys touch on that a little bit more? What are you really excited about with the new system? Yeah, so we are really excited about it too, um, as you might imagine. So <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely, Brian. So um, in this new system, we'll be able to track your learning and performance together in one location. So making it just really easy to see not only what you've completed over the course of the year, but it will be able to track that full learning history. Um, we'll also have the ability to automate messaging and send reminders about quarterly check-ins and deadlines throughout the valuation process. I know the, the year can get busy and, you know, dates just slip away. So this will be really nice um, to be able to remind folks where they're at within the year. And then speaking of check-ins, you and your manager will be able to track your check-in conversations and your annual goals in, again, that one centrally located spot, making it just really easy for each of you to see those discussions um, and the progress over the course of the year. So if that doesn't get you excited about valuations, I don't know what will. <laughs> we're, we're now very excited for valuations. I, I also think in my role, we're, we're always looking to help people feel more engaged and connected. And I think that this is just leading into that, right? So having everything centralized really, I think, will help our employees feel like they belong and they know what's going on, right? Well, Which and I so think important. that, yeah, and I, I think that moving things online too now, like we're in 2023, right? So you yeah. feel like if it's not online, it's like, why are we doing this? Or this just seems so cumbersome, right? So I think yeah. that just, it, it'll feel easier no matter <laughs> what, just having it online. So I, I, I am excited now. See, I'm looking yeah. forward to valuations next year. And uh, I love that the two of you are so excited about organizational learning in general. Yes. I mean, come on. Yes, what, definitely. Yeah, I mean, there, there's not a greater subject in the world, right? You had our hearts at, <laughs> at saying that you love that we're excited. <laughs> yes, I think it's it's palpable. So hopefully this starts to kind of, you know, rub off on the rest of us, right? I think it's great. So, um, so, Thank you both for, for being with us on the podcast today, giving us some insight into major reviews and sharing your enthusiasm and helpful tips for folks. Um, so now, Sarah, you are only midway through your work on this podcast. It's time for the lightning round, and we ask our guests four quickfire questions that they haven't seen before. Are you ready to go? Brian's done this, so you're being sacrificed as tribute. Yeah? <laughs> okay. Hit me. Okay. All right, go here ahead, we Dan. go. Yep. So last week in headlines, Mott and Von Voigtlander shared a video looking ahead to 2023. So I want to know, what are you personally most looking forward to this year? 
Oh my gosh. Well, aside from moving valuations online? <laughs> yes. I mean, obviously that's at the top, right? I mean, right, that's we number know one. that. But what's number two? <laughs> oh, number two. Um, honestly, so springtime is my favorite time of the year and getting outside and um, getting my garden started. So I'm really super excited on a personal level to uh, get outside again. You know, a snowy day like today really makes me uh, long for warmer days. I think she saw the questions ahead of time. She yeah. did. She yeah. went right into the next one. I know. With snow, with snow having finally arrived in southeastern <laughs> Michigan over the past week, would you say you're a fan of winter? You just said no. And if so, what's your favorite winter activity? Is it just oh. planning for spring? <laughs> It, it is planning for spring, I will say. Um, if there are any gardeners out there that yes. start thinking about their seeds and what they're mm -hmm. going to plant, like in February, March time, I mean, mm -hmm. it really helps get me through the winter. Um, but in terms of winter activity, um, you know, Brian knows this. I just went skiing um, for the second time in my life a couple of weeks ago, and that was pretty fun. So that's no that's broken bones. No broken bones. We so we're good. We okay. <laughs> came back in one piece. I was say, Maggie, was that a statement or a question when you said no broken bones? <laughs> I just feel like adults who I I have not skied a lot. I just feel like adults our age get hurt when they go do yes. this activity. I just think it's like one of those things that I feel like we get hurt like know. getting out of bed at this point. But, yeah. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I did, I did look it that. up on YouTube. I had to look it up on YouTube, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This week is Groundhog Day. So along those lines, and bear with me on this one, what's one meal or food that you could eat day after day after day and never get sick of it? Oh, my goodness. Um, probably my mom's lasagna. <laughs> I love I love a good home cooked lasagna. I love it. You're going to have to send her a clip of this and tell her that she <laughs> I and her lasagna are famous. Um, you might have to share the recipe afterwards with our yes. listeners. Um, so finally, let's look way ahead. If you could retire anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Oh my goodness. This is a really don't, great Don't question. get scared, Brian. She's not ready to <laughs> even retire. We're, we're far don't away from it. that. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, I'd have to say uh, Oregon. It is the most green, luscious place I've ever uh, visited and um, loved like from the beach to the forest to um, just like, you know, vineyards out there. It, it's the it's the most beautiful place I've ever been. And I would love to retire out there. So that would be ideal. That's a great answer. I really, I haven't visited the Northwest and I really want to both Oregon and, and like Seattle and yeah. Washington. I've never been out there and I'm, I'm dying to get out there. So very cool answer. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for participating in the lightning thank round you. and for sharing exciting information and resources <laughs> about media reviews. If you want to learn more about these resources, you can go to mmheadlines.org. That's mmheadlines.org. And while you're there, you can check out other featured stories from this week, including an inside look at unique and creative hand braces created by one of our occupational therapists at Northville Health Center. Find that awesome story and more at mmheadlines.org. All right, Maggie. Now we asked Sarah what she loves to do this time of year. So let's find out from you. What's your favorite winter activity? I'm with Sarah. I do not like winter. <laughs> um, summer is my favorite. But I have a I have a three year old, and so we've been going sledding 
which has been a whole new adventure. He's fearless. I sit on the sled just barely with him. He has like a really nice, um, like super cool wooden sled my parents got him. And oh, so wow. it's been a hoot to, he's also very, he's very heavy. So I haul <laughs> him up the hill and then we fly down. It's been great. <laughs> that sounds fun. That's been, that sounds fun. It is fun. It's really yeah. fun. Nice. Yeah. So I'm not, uh, I'm not a huge winter fan. Uh, and you know, I, I always point out, I use a, I use a manual wheelchair for mobility and mm -hmm. it's not easy in the snow. Um, no. but I am a weather nerd. So I love tracking winter storms and be like, how much snow are we going to get looking out the window? Once the snow is falling, I'm like, Oh, do we think we have three inches, four inches taking a ruler out there seeing how much we got. So I love that kind of stuff. So I love watching winter from inside. Uh -huh. um, so I'm totally fine when there's big winter storms. I'm I'm totally fine watching it out the window. I'm so glad I know who to call now because yes. I I I lived in the South. I grew up in Texas. I am fascinated by our weather people and how excited they are for yes. catastrophic storms. I find it kind of <laughs> odd. They're just so pumped. Yeah. Hurricanes in the South are in like people are scared. You know they're worried. Here we're like yeah it's gonna be oh, awful. Yeah. So I'm just gonna text you next time and say how. Should I drive? How yeah. bad is it going to be? And I yeah. can stay inside too. Okay. Exactly. Fantastic. And it's like, if they're, you know, when there's like tornado watches and everything, my wife will be like yeah. hiding in the closet. I'll be hanging out the window, like trying to see the funnel cloud, you know? Oh my goodness. I am fascinated by it. So um, this is, this is great information. Good to know. Okay. So yes. it's time for our weekly trivia contest. Last week we asked listeners who recently delivers the 33rd annual MLK health sciences lecture. The answer is Dr. George W. Taylor. So congratulations to loyal listener Brian Wu, who sent in the correct answer. Now for this week's question, here's Dan. All right. Now for this week's question, we're sticking with the theme of speakers. Who is slated to be the keynote speaker at this year's U of M Medical School commencement ceremony? Once again, who is slated to be the keynote speaker at this year's U of M Medical School commencement ceremony? You can find the answer in a recent headline story. And once you know it, Send it to headlines at med.umish.edu for the chance to win a prize. That's all the time we have for this week. Thanks to Brian and Sarah again for joining us. And thanks as always to all of our listeners and viewers for everything you do for our patients, families, and each other. We'll see you next week. <laughs>